happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts from the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, to tap the side, or should I call you mid 2000s Brad Pitt? Oh, all right, that's a good one. <laughs> I did not see that one coming. That's a good, like Fight Club, Brad. Yeah, Brad Fight Pitt. Club, I like that. Brad okay. Pitt, um, Ocean's Twelve, Brad Pitt. Oh, um, what was the British movie he was in? Snatch. Snatch. Brit, talk. Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah Snatch. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I'll take that. I will take any comparison, Brad Pitt. I can't. Well, thank you. Well, oh, all right. Gosh. Now I feel very good about myself. Well, okay. you might boost my ego a little too much for this episode. Well, we need it because our we're talking about a pretty, you know. Should, boy, real quick, should I try my bad Brad uh, Brad Pitt snatch? Uh, oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That is spot on. That is all right. We we'll we'll have Chauncey judge that. Uh but yeah, we need a little bit more higher, you know, personality, personal charm, you know, because we're doing our awards show in today's episode. We're doing our confidence for that. 2023 fantasy award prediction show here. We're gonna be going into various different awards as far as how the season is going to play out. We usually do this every season. Uh we do this for the regular season as well, but that will come with our NFL season preview episode, which will happen in a couple of weeks right before the season starts. But yeah, this episode is solely focused on fantasy performance. So you may hear some repeat names that we brought up in the past as far as like, you know, um, busts and breakouts and good rookies that we like and just players that we like overall. But now we're putting an award to it. So, yeah, we're sort of like hammering home that we like a lot of these players or don't like some of these players as well. So, Tad, doing the notes for this episode, like, I mean, how would you feel? Like, were you sort of repeating a lot of names? Were there some new names on there? Like, I mean, just... What direction did you go in when you're preparing notes for today's episode? You know, I'm glad you asked that question because this will be a good little, uh, you know, kind of peek behind the curtains for listeners and our viewers. And this is kind of the tough thing about doing a fantasy only podcast is there were a lot of names I wanted to go with. The problem is I've discussed those names to death already and we're not even sure. halfway through the preseason. So it was actually a little bit, a little bit of a challenge to find names that we haven't really discussed before, but that also is what makes it so good is because, and I, I apologize because I was, I was hoping to find this article before you kicked it back to me, but it was hilarious because, you know, you look back at, you know, last year's, you know, sites that get a million hits and look, we love our, you know, viewers and listeners. We are nowhere near fantasy pros, which is fine. Um, but like their prediction list last year was terrible. So it was like, okay, how do I like spread my base to make sure I can at least hit on a couple of these? Because I, again, I will try to find it as this episode goes on because it is truly awful. But I promise you, ours is not because <laughs> we actually do the deep research. We don't go for the hot names. And I trust me, there were some hot names and we'll touch on that in a bit. So yes, it was a little tougher than usual. Not going to lie, but that's why I love doing this is because now I am more prepared than anyone in any of my eight leagues I'm joining, which by the way, I just got invited to another league today. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I, I'm going to be so overwhelmed. It's actually a Grim Reaper league. I'm very excited for that. A Grim Reaper league. Okay. That should be fun. Yeah. That should be fun for sure. No, but... I, I loved it. They were like, do you know what this is? I'm like, yes, yes, I know what it is. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so don't be surprised if you hear some names that we brought up before on the podcast, but that's the whole point of an award show is that you're sort of hammering home 
who you think are locks to have good performances this 2023 season and a couple of guys that we just don't think are going to have bad season, uh, are not going to have good season, excuse me, in 2023. But mainly it's all good. We haven't done too many bad awards in today's episode. We but should do that more, though. That would be a lot We should lot do some more fun. negative stuff, you think? Yeah, that would be a lot <laughs> yeah. of fun. True. True. Uh, but yeah, overall, we're staying positive in today's episode. But I mean, Dad, let's not put it off any longer. I mean, first, I think let's kick it off here. I know you've sort of already done this with your rankings, which obviously you can find on our social media handles. I mean, you see the ticker coming about right down below. Follow us on our social media handles. On God, Twitter, you got me at How is your timing always impeccable with that? I figure it out, like, right when it's about to end, and that's I can incredible. see, like, when it's about to come. That's so I plan it out specifically. No, I, like, delay my words a little bit there. So, yeah, I figure it out there. So, yeah, I there mean, guys, feet. make sure you follow us on all our social media handles on Twitter. You got me at underside23. You got Tad at tadside94. Got the show at like the Decide Guys. And, of course, on Instagram at guys as well. So we dropped all our position rankings. So Tad obviously does his rankings based on where he thinks players are going to finish. I do mine's based on pre-draft ranking. So, I mean, Tad, this is probably just a reiteration of all the players that at, at the positions that you have listed already. But I haven't done that yet. So, I'm going to give my, uh, my piece as far as where do I think who is going to finish at the number one spot for all these positions. So, I mean, Tad, I'm going to pass it to you here first to sort of just go through <clears> yours <throat> really quickly since most people already know yours. Unless, unless you changed any of yours. Uh, I did not. Okay. Spoiler. Well, and there I, well, and I, I'm I'm very happy because I actually did just discover the fancy pros list, which I really do want to share. Just get your reactions because it's sure. hilarious. I okay. found this last okay. night. It's great. All right. So if you are not following us on social media accounts, which by the way, why aren't you? Yeah. Because that is Seriously. the best way to get our fantasy advice, especially as the season goes on. If you want the most specific fantasy advice, and we literally broke down which player you should take a specific pick in what was that? Was that our last episode? Two episodes ago? Uh, two I believe that ago, was right? two episodes ago. Yeah. 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 So there you go. So if you want your most specific uh, fantasy advice, start following us on social media. But anyway, so here are my first place finishers at each position. Quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Running back, Chris McCaffrey. Wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, obviously. Tight end, Travis Kelsey. Defense, the San Francisco 49ers. And kicker, Justin Tucker. Now, Amir, before you give your list, would you like to hear who Fantasy Pros predicted as the best draft targets of last year? This is before last season started. This okay. is going into the preseason. All right, number one. Okay. I, I promise I'm not making this up. This is going to be painful for you, buddy. I'm sorry. Trey Lance. Well, in all fairness, we were predicting Trey. I, I predicted Trey Lance was going to have a breakout season, too. And just unfortunately, it did materialize. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> speaking of didn't materialize, Ray, for the running back? Let's hear it. DeAndre Swift. Yeah, that one was a little bit surprising. I think just it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out in Philadelphia for sure because there's rumors that Philadelphia may be cutting Rashad Penny. Like he might that be a was, better that was very poor timing down the roster. You. So coming coming off our latest episode, that was because he was your favorite deepest sleeper, and I was like, ooh, that no, that no, no. Sucks. He wasn't my favorite deepest sleeper. Uh Kenneth Gadewell was my favorite deep sleeper. Um so I said I was not a fan of Rashad Penny. I've said that before. I think you need to listen back on that episode. I think but, you need to listen back to that episode. Maybe I do. No, that's fair. <laughs> we did record it after I had a full school day. But anyway, so the wide receiver. To be fair, was Justin Jefferson. Okay. Yeah. But whoa, whoa, hold on. They had another wide receiver. You ready for this one? Let's hear Oof. 
God, this one's rough. Because I actually fell for this trap as well. Rashad Bateman. Mm. I think if he didn't get hurt, he would have had a better season too. So, I mean, that's not fully on them. But even when he was healthy, he was, yeah, he's all right. All right. Also, you have to remember that Lamar Jackson got hurt too. Sorry. Final player on the list. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts. A lot of people are That's a bad Kyle list. Pitts, That's a, a bad board, list. It, it was not the greatest list, but a lot of people were bored Kyle Pitts after the rookie season that he had. So all it's I'm not saying, All I'm saying is, while, while I respect fantasy pros, they do a lot of great work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the smaller guys know things a little bit better. That's all I'm saying. No, it's true. It's true. We give a lot more to it which, because we're a little small. bit more confidence in the show, man. Eh, no, believe like, me. Like what? I said, I think we do a lot of good research and we give a lot more different takes than your mass media publications, like your fantasy pros, like your fantasy footballers, like your ESPN, your Yahoo's, you know, what have you. So it's like, yeah, no, I think we do a good job with everything that we have. And hundred percent, if you're not following us on social media, it's like, yeah, just exactly like Tad said, like, why are you not doing that? <laughs> I mean, do it. We are 100% going to help you win all your respective leagues, regardless of what league you play in. So, yeah, please interact with us. We're happy to give you specific advice tailored to your league and your situation. So, Except for Grim up. Reaper. I, I need to get used to that. I'll let you guys know how that goes. Yeah, well, I can help you out with that. And we can be, I, 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 I may also. need that. So. I may need that. <laughs> Um, so let's not put it off anymore. I'm going to give my first place finishers for every position here. So at the quarterback position, I said, take Patrick Holmes, number one, but I think Jalen hurts is actually going to finish at number one. And that sort of relates to my bold prediction that I laid out as well for the quarterback position. I think he will throw for over 4,000 passing yards and total 45 touchdowns. So I think that automatically puts him in that conversation and he finished at number three last year. So I think he make that ascension this year. Um, Running back doesn't change Christian McCaffrey. I think just full season in San Francisco, he's going to dominate there. Uh, Wide receiver, Justin Jefferson played it simple. Easy Easy pick, easy pick. Same thing with tight end, Travis Kelsey, easy pick. He's been Mm -hmm. so consistent. He's a dominant. All right. All right. Let's play our favorite game real quick. Over under 140 targets for Travis Kelsey last year. Last year? Last year. I think it was barely over. Okay, I'll, I'll count that as like half right. Well, I don't know. I get, that's kind of subjective. So, yeah, like, oh, man, I'm blanking on what it was. It was either 151 or 153. That's how many oh, okay. targets he had last year. Okay. That is a ridiculous amount of targets. Yeah. Nope, he was their sole receiver last year. Um. And then at the defense position, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. They finished yeah, back-to-back seasons, top back. three. Um, I'm just not as confident San Francisco's pass rush. That's why it's w- uh, harder for me to rank them at number one. Dallas has been doing it more consistently. And at the kicker, this one may surprise you, but I'm going to go with Brandon McManus, the kicker with the Jacksonville Jaguars now. So, yeah. I He's think they're going to have that. He is a Jaguar now. God I think damn it. So they're going to have a good combination of scoring. So he can get the extra points, but they're also going to have a good combination of not scoring, but leaving him in field goal range so he can get the field goal points as well. Because remember, you don't want a kicker who's on an offense that will always punch it in. Because we talked about this. Jake Elliott, he had, I think, the 31st ranked – he had the 31st ranked uh, total number of field goal attempts last year. So he had the second fewest. The pretty much the way I should have said it started that way, but it's just like because Philadelphia was able to punch it in consistently into the end zone, very few field goal attempts for him. So you don't want an offense that is just high scoring. You want that good blend of in between. So I think Brandon McManus could sort of fit into that mold there. You go for the threes, not the ones. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So let's actually get into some of our awards here, Tad. So let's start 
with those first-year wonders. Let's start with who is going to be, Tad, in your eyes, the 2023 Fantasy Rookie of the Year. Okay, so I can already see the comments calling us hypocrites because, uh, first off, I am a very self-involved in- individual. Uh, I have watched back our draft live cast plenty of times, and you and I both trashed this pick. As we, we should have. I will, I will, de- I will defend us trashing this pick because this still was not their biggest need. And had they run with the guy that they should—I mean, almost literally—should have run it with, then I think no one would have blamed them. But despite our reaction to him being drafted, it seems like this is still going to work out fairly well for them. And that is the. De- and before you think I'm, we're, we're talking about um, uh, Bijan Robinson. Well. One of us might, but spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> I'm actually talking about the other running back. I think this running back is going, this is what makes him rookie of the year is because he's actually going to upset everybody by being the best running back, best rookie running back. Let me clarify. Um, in this season, and as Jameer Gibbs with the Detroit Lions is, look, I know I've said this plenty of times on the podcast. And I still stand by this. Do not buy in the July hype. Do not buy in the June or May hype. But here's the thing is when all that hype starts stretching well into August, as we are right now, where we're almost at August 20th as of recording, and he is still getting all this hype of like, no, he actually still is looking good. That's when you start buying into it. Okay. And you look into the, the share, I almost said target share, but that's not the right, uh, you know, phrase the, the, uh, you know, the amount of touches he had in the Lions' first preseason game. So he played for three drives. One of those was a wash because Nate Sudfeld, being Nate Sudfeld, threw a pick on the first drive or on the first pass of the drive. So that barely wasn't even a drive. So essentially, Gibbs had two drives. He had six carries and two drives plus a target, which he completed for 20 yards. That is telling me that not only is he going to be a main part of this rushing attack, but he's going to be a fairly big part of this passing offense that we already know is a pretty good passing offense, assuming there's no drop off with Jared Goff, which there's zero reason to think there will be. So I think that Jameer Gibbs is going to be one of those guys. That I know I've been downing him all off season, but he is now making believer at me. I've been watching. I swear to God, this is true. I've been watching train camp videos on him. I've been seeing his, the, the cross practices he's at with other teams, and that I put a lot of stock in. Because if you are burning your own defense, great. You probably know your own defense fairly well at this point. But when you are burning other teams' defenses, that to me is like, okay, this guy's good. And he has been doing exactly that in practices. So I'm telling you, Jameer Gibbs, because of his dual threat, because I think Dave Montgomery is still going to be a fairly sizable part of this offense. I'm not saying he's going to be irrelevant. But I think that Jameer Gibbs, with his dual threat, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for our, our podcast listeners, I did the whole. Like, he did the man. Yeah, he did the man. Yeah, exactly. He did the man. But that's the whole thing. Is that's even better for Gibbs than if Montgomery does fall in the man part of the thing. Then Gibbs is going to yeah. step up, and let's not forget that everyone's hyping up. As I said before, DeAndre Swift going in last season because that was the running back everyone thought was going to do well. I know people are going to say, well. Gibbs is the same thing. You cannot in any world convince me that Gibbs is not a better dual threat than Swift. I think that's why Swift fell out of Detroit so badly. It's because Detroit said we're going to be a passing team, not a rushing team. 
and Gibbs can do both very well. So I'm telling you, he is actually turning into not only just my favorite rookie in fantasy this year, but one of my favorite sleepers of this year. Oh, easily, easily. And I think the reason that we trashed the pick so much on draft day was because they had DeAndre Swift on the roster still. So it was just like, why did they need to go at the running back position? DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery at that point. Yeah, exactly. They had signed David Montgomery as well the offseason. So it was like, did they really need to address the running back position? That made absolutely no sense. Then, obviously, later on the next day, we hear that DeAndre Swift is traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. We're like, oh, it all makes sense now. They don't like DeAndre Swift anymore. For yeah. some reason, the Eagles do. So we'll see but I'm telling you, that for, that for some reason is because they want a better passing you know, running back on the roster. Yeah, so... We'll see how it all plays out in Philadelphia, but yeah, I'm very much a huge fan of Jameer Gibbs this season, so he could very much be in contention for that award. But for me, I think it's going to be a harder sort of competition. It's going to be a two-horse race, I think, in this case, and they're both the rookie running backs that Tad, you already sort of teased Don't earlier. Um, I know you're not a huge Don't fan of him, and I know I think Chauncey Police, when we did his podcast, he was not a huge fan of his either, Don't but honestly, I very much... In the I boat, care about I'm you. on the train. I think he's going to be just sensational this nope. year. And that is B. John Robinson with oh, the Atlanta as the running back there. Um, look, Tad, I know you sort of said it already, just like you're worried about Arthur Smith and how he's going to use all these different running backs in his offense. But let me take you back to 2019 when he was the first-year offensive coordinator with okay. the Tennessee Titans. Okay. Derrick Henry had right. 303 rushing attempts that season. He was clearly the lead running back in that offense. He finished second in fantasy football PPR leagues that year. Let's go to the next year, 2020. In 2020, the second season that Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator there. He had 378 rushing attempts for the Tennessee Titans. He finished number one in fantasy leagues and PPR leagues. Like, I mean, the guy was just dominant. Then Arthur Smith, of course, gets the job in Atlanta. At that time, he does not have his number one running back yet. He had Cordero Patterson in 2022. Eventually got Tyler Algier. Like, I mean, he was sort of figuring out who it was. Now, heading into 2023, he has that Derrick Henry-esque, in quote marks, I'm putting it here, for all of you listening on the podcast, he has that Derrick Henry-esque type of player that he could give the ball to him at least. I'm not saying he's going to get into that 300 range like he had with Derrick Henry. He was already established. He knows what his workload is. We're going to see how he's going to manage that with Bijan Robinson. But I guarantee you, he's going to get at least 250 rushing attempts. And because he's going to get all those rushing attempts, he's going to be involved in the offense. He looked very good in the preseason game that they played earlier today. I mean, just this guy is a dynamic piece, both in the rushing game as well as the receiving game. He has excellent hands. I mean, just he is going to be a force to be reckoned with in Atlanta there. We already know that they're going to be starting Desmond Ritter. There's going to be some question marks as far as his quarterback play, but I do not question anything with B. John Robinson. He is 100% going to be the best rookie fantasy player this year. He'll be in the conversation to be a top 10 running back in fantasy circles overall too. Okay. Amar, I will give you $5 right here, right now. If you can tell me who the number two running back was on the Tennessee uh, Titans roster in 2019. Is a player you've heard of. This is not a I'm pretty sure he has. Um, That's a good question. Mm Mm-hmm. I know later they had Hassan Haskins, but it wasn't until I think 2021 when they had him. Um, God. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I could name him. Deion Lewis. 
Deion Lewis, former Eagle Deion Lewis. Yes. All right, let's go double or nothing. Who was, and I, you know what? You even have, you know, I guess this is quadruple or nothing because there are two arguments you can make here. Who is the number two running back on the Titans in 2020? Yeah, I think he got me. I don't know. Okay, it was either, again, you can make an argument for either. It was either Deontay Foreman, okay. who surprisingly still fantasy relevant, yeah, or yeah. Jeremy McNichols. Mm, Jeremy McNichols, okay. Are any of those people as talented as Tyler Algier or uh, uh, Cordero Patterson? Foreman could be as uh, I think both running back to be as talented as Cordero Patterson. I think, I think for, Foreman to Patterson, that's fair. I'll give you that. Yeah. Tyler Agile, I think, has a little bit more skill set for sure. So my point being is we have never seen Arthur Smith handle a committee of talented running backs before. That is my main concern with going with Bijan sure. Robinson. That's fair. I That's I, fair. I I think I've gone a little too much for the podcast hot take guy where I'm like, Bijan Robinson's gonna be a bust. Okay. I, I probably should back off that a bit. I think he is still going to be fancy relevant. I think I even said this on Chauncey's podcast, but he will not be fancy relevant until much later on in the season. That's my concern with them. So I think you are right with the stats he will put up once he finally – it's the exact same thing Tyler Alger did. With the stats that he puts up once he finally gets his shot, 100%. I'm right there with you. I think he is going to be up there, and next year we can have this conversation of like, okay, Bijan Robinson is like the next coming. But for this year, I think that Arthur Smith, as a bad coach, which he is, is not going to be able to put together the campaign that Bijan Robinson should. I like Bijan. Go back all the way back last January. I like Bijan Robinson as a draft prospect. That's why I hated that pick so much. It's because his fit is going to screw him in the early run. That's fair. That's fair. I think you're a little bit too pessimistic about what's going to happen in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, that, Maybe that I'm a little bit too that, optimistic. That, I don't yeah, know well, what it is, but I think for me, I think, like I said, he's going to be in that 250 rushing attempt range. That's automatically going to make him the nah. lead back in his backfield. And even if you give Tyler Algier, let's say a hundred uh, rushing attempts in this offense, that's still clearly marking the fact that Bijan Robinson is the lead running back in this offense. Cordell Patterson, I think is probably going to get like maybe, I don't know, the scraps of that. So maybe like 60, he'll maybe use probably more in the passing game because they lack a lot of passing weapons outside of Kyle Pitts and Drake London. So that's what sort of uh, will sort of alleviate that Cordell Patterson issue there. So it's really between Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson. But 100%, I think Bijan Robinson is going to get the bulk of the carries of that offense, which will automatically make him more valuable. And he's going to do more with those targets as well and those rushing attempts. So that's just me. Like I said, that's, I'm, just, I'm, that's how I feel. it. I'm going to do something really stupid because we did not pre-plan this. Um, oh, gosh. Okay, let's hear this. You want to make a bet? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hear the terms of your bet. Let's hear the terms right, of your bet. All right, all right, all right. This is just off the top of my head. Maybe we workshop this a bit, and maybe we decide on something a little bit later. Partially okay, right. I'm not sure how this is going to play. So you think he gets over 250 carries? Rushing attempts, yes. Okay. B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Very good clarification. I need to clarify. No, 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 it's fair. It's fair. It's fair. I, I support that. Um, all right. If he goes over 250, mm-hmm. because where, where, where are the Falcons? Like, what kind of, you know, animal is it? It's a bird. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Good job. Very, very nice. I feel like I'm teaching my classes right now. Uh, he's, he if he goes... Called, he could be called a raptor, because that's the type of bird that he is. Well, unfortunately, they're extinct. You'll see where I'm going with this. But 
No, no. If there's you, a type of bird called a raptor, like no, a falcon. I, thank an thank owl, you. I'm aware of that. A hawk. Yes, thank yeah. you. No, I'm aware okay. it's a raptor. I'm going. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, stop getting my way. The my stupid bet. Um, if he goes for over 250 uh, carries, yeah, I will have to eat during an episode 25 right. chicken wings or bird 25, wings. 25 chicken wings. Wow. Okay. Or if he goes under, you have to do it. Sure, I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay, let's do it. I, th- I think that will make for a very weird but very good episode. Okay, all right. Sounds all right. good to me. All right, it's a, me. it's a bet settle, which worked out so well for me last time. I still <laughs> I still had that Patriot shirt, by the way. There you go. Actually, there you, go. you know what? Okay. Surprised you're wearing the hat. <laughs> uh, it's just it's been sitting on my counter for about six months now. It's it's there you go. like literally there's so much dust on here. Oof. All right, Ted, let's move things along here. Let's get to sort of the negative side. This is the only negative award that we have here. Oh, That's I love negatives. Your biggest bust of the year heading into 2023. So who's a guy that you think is just going to absolutely bust hard this All right. 2023 season? So I, I don't know how you define bust, but I, I define it in this way of who's being overdrafted, right? So I'm not saying sure. he's going to yeah. have a bad year, but I'm saying he's going to not produce – in terms of where he is taken. And this yeah, is a, it, that's a good label for a bus. It's pretty much got to underperform yeah. based on where their ADP is. So yeah, I exactly. And, and this is a guy, I saw this coming like as soon, because this is a guy I traded, I don't know, week two or three last year, because I didn't believe in him and he proved me wrong. Right. Where it's due, but I don't think it's sustainable. And that is Josh Jacobs with the Raiders, mm. especially with all oh, the wait, changes. Okay, wait, wait, isn't this the same Shut Josh up. Jacobs Shut that up. you drafted right. in our Hunger Games draft league? <laughs> no, I'm, it, it absolutely is. It absolutely okay. is. Right. But what do you remember what round I drafted him in? I know it's hard considering it was a fucking week ago. I hate the this one. third round. I, I, right? I, you are – Jesus Christ, that's impressive. Uh, yes, it is the third round. <laughs> okay. Good Lord. Um. Well, if you ask me any other player that you picked around those rounds, I probably couldn't tell you. Well, I know I, you took Thielen Hurts number one. That's all I know then. <laughs> I really thought you were going to give me shit for taking Adam Thielen, by the way. Oh, did you just take him? That probably happened before. No, I took him I took him two days ago because we're in a long draft. Oh, I, I, I guess I missed that. <laughs> well, yeah, because, again, it's a long draft. These things are yeah, terrible. No, okay. I right. that, that is a fancy take I am willing to stick I, – I'm going to die on that hill. Long drafts suck. But anyway – um. Yes, I did take Josh Jacobs, but again, he's in the third round. But you look at where a lot of people are taking him. It's end of the first, early second, mid-second. And there's a big problem with that. It's because of the third round running back, at least to me, that's a guy that is maybe going to be a running back one, but like worst case scenario, going to be a running back two. And that's exactly where I think he's at. But I think after he finished as running back, uh, depending on your league scoring format, two, three, four, he finished top five last year in most leagues. I don't think he's going to finish there again. I think a lot of people are expecting him to do so because on the surface, there's very little reason to expect he won't do so. Very little has changed with his offensive line. He has the same coach, all that. But what people are forgetting is, first off, um, he has a different quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, who I actually like. I, I kind of... I, won't say saying his praises, but I, I still like Demonte Adams as a legitimate fantasy threat. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you know the stat, but this shocked me while I was doing research for this episode. Jimmy Garoppolo 
Never thrown for 4,000 yards in his career. I knew that. I did Most not know that. Do that. I did not know that. That was <laughs> utterly, that was utterly shocking to me. Yeah. So, okay. So I think that passing game is going to just by that stat alone, I'm not saying that passing game is going to be bad, but it's probably going to take a step back. Right. And then on top of that, you consider that Darren Waller is gone. So that's one more passing threat gone. Well, now defenses are probably going to stack the box more against Josh Jacobs. So do I, and this is what I kind of meant earlier is do I think he's going to have a bad year? Absolutely not. But do I think he is locked in as a running back number one? No. I think a lot of people, especially those more casual fantasy fans, are expecting him to repeat last year or come close to repeating last year. And I don't think he has the capabilities or this team has the capabilities of repeating that performance. Yeah, I think everything you said is very accurate. And Tad, do you want me to one up your Jimmy Garoppolo stat? Oh, God, please do. So the last time the 49ers have had a 4,000-yard pass. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me guess. Uh, Steve Young. No, nope, a little bit later than Steve Young. A little bit later than Steve Young. Uh, John, did Kid not play for you guys? Psh, no. <laughs> no, Kid not never? Okay. No. It wasn't Alex Smith. No, it wasn't Alex Smith either. Fuck. Hold on. God damn it. Do I know this player? You know me. Yeah, I... you 100% know this player. Kaepernick? Nope, not Kaepernick either. Shit. All right, fine. I give up. It was the quarterback right after Steve Young. It was Jeff Garcia. Oh, damn it. That's what I was doing with the kidnap thing. It was an old white guy. That's what I was doing with the kidnap thing. Damn it. So, yeah, that was the early 2000s. I can't remember the specific year. I think I want to say 2004, if I remember correctly, when we had Terrell Owens on the team. Uh, And that's like prime Terrell Owens. (laughs) I forgot Um, T.O. was a Niner. He started as a Niner. They they started their careers (laughs) in San Francisco. So, I mean, yeah. So, that's the last time the Niners have had a 4,000-yard pass first. So, yeah, 100%. Like, all that Jimmy Garoppolo stuff, that didn't shock me at all. Um, But jump back to Josh Jacobs. Jeff Garcia, what college? Oh, you can't question me on that one. San Jose State. (laughs) Is that true? I actually have no idea. That's 100% true. Okay, I believe you. Right I believe like, you are so confident on that. I'm not even going to. You are so confident on that. Nope, I'll give it to Lives you. Lives in Gilroy, which is you. only about 20 minutes away. So, yeah, you can't question me on that. All right, no, you got <laughs> That's it. 100% accurate. Uh, but jumping back to Josh Jacobs, I, I think I 100% agree with that one. That I think he just had such a sensational season last year. A lot of people are going to look at that and be like, this guy is going to do the same thing this year with all the question marks surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he going to translate well to this Las Vegas offense? Is he going to stay you healthy? Remember, can he stay healthy? That's the big question mark too. But you have to remember that he has familiarity playing under Josh McDaniels from his days back in New England. Mm-hmm. So hopefully Fair the point. transition is not going to be as bad. But just, yeah, I just don't see Josh Jacobs finishing in the top five again. I think there's a lot of other running backs that are going to outperform him. And I think just what we saw last year, that was just like a little bit of an anomaly. Like, he's still going to be good. I agree. I don't think he's going to be terrible. I think it's exactly like you laid out. I think he's going to be that fringe RB1, RB2 territory. So he's going to be a good option for you. But being in that clear RB1 status, that is definitely not Josh Jacobs in 2023. And that's still where he's being drafted. Hence why I'm labeling yep, him as 100%, a bus. 100%. And another stat I forgot to throw out real quick is last year was the first year he played a full season in his entire NFL career. Yeah, that's a big factor, too. That's a big factor, too. Um, So the running back that I'm going to bring up, I'm sticking to the running back position, is actually a running back that we talked about in our last episode. And it's actually Brees Hall of the New York Jets. This is a great pick. I am so confused by this situation. 
So I think we talked about it on that episode where it was like they signed Dalvin Cook to add into that roster where it's sort of like maybe they're sort of anticipating easing Brees Hall into the season. He's dealing with the injury that he suffered last year. So they they activate him. He's healthy. He's ready to go. He's going to be fine for week one. But still, Brees Hall is the future of the position for the New York Jets. Dalvin Cook only signed a one-year deal. So they signed Dalvin Cook for the immediacy as far as capitalizing on his window with Aaron Rodgers and to use it to start the season out. So as they ease Brees Hall to sort of get him used to playing in regular season games again, they got Dalvin Cook, who was a four-time 1,000-yard rusher, which I still don't understand why Minnesota decided to let him go. But, hey, that's Minnesota. I don't care, really. Um but yeah, because of that whole situation, it just worries me as far as how both players are going to perform. Tad, I know you're a big, fan, a big fan of Dalvin Cook. I like him in the immediacy. But then once we get later this season, just like we talked about in last week's episode, just will Brees Hall eventually emerge and sort of take over that running back position? I just don't know. I think it's just going to be so much of a conflicting battle between the two running backs that neither one of them will be consistent. And then the reason that I bring up Brees Hall over Dalvin Cook is something that you brought up with Josh Jacobs. It's that eight. DP where Brees mm. Hall is being targeted in that third round. I brought up in that episode last week that's like, I think I drop him by at least 10 spots. So I see him as maybe a fourth round or fifth round running back. But people are just automatically going to be like, oh, Jeff's offense going to be awesome. Brees Hall's the younger running back. He's being targeted a little bit higher. I'm going to take him around here what I need to be taking him because otherwise I won't get a chance to take him. So while I understand that reasoning, that doesn't mean that he's going to pan out for you and play like that third round running back that you're expecting him to be. So that's why I'm labeling him as the bust of this year because people are going to be overdrafting him and he's not going to be able to perform to that level this year. 100% next year when he'll be the lone running back, but this year with the whole Dalvin Cook situation and him there, I just, I'm not a fan. I'm not aboard that train. All right. First things first, as you just said, I'm a bigger fan of Dalvin Cook than you are, but then you just agreed with the take I had last week. Where it was, I know. I think, but you said you're a big proponent of his. That's all I I'm am, saying. but yeah. it, for the exact same reasons you are. Is I think I, exactly what I said in last week's episode. Is I think he'll be, you know, the Jets' go-to guy for the first nine weeks or so. Now, I do agree with your take. There is, I think, a lot of people are expecting kind of what I've said about Deontay Foreman with Khalil Herbert in Chicago, where oh, could Brees Hall be kind of a vulture of touchdowns there? I I don't really think that role will be as strong as some people think it will. I think that Dalvin Cook, especially in an Aaron Rodgers-led offense, that offense will probably be pretty pass-heavy. So I'm right there with that. I think that Brees Hall later on in the season, and definitely next season, is going to be a very strong running back, but I think he's being way too overdrafted. Now, the interesting thing is, we got to remember Dalvin Cook, not even a week out from his signing quite yet. So I will be mm-hmm. interested to see if Brees Hall's ADP drops. If it drops... Okay, fair, but I, I'm with you. I think it's so late in the preseason at this point that a lot of people, again, with the casual fantasy fans, are going to keep them pretty high, and that is a huge mistake right there. 100%. 100%. So let's flip things around. So Brees Hall obviously is coming off a serious injury last year, which sort of shortened his season. So he could be a contender for the next award that we're going to be discussing here, Tad. And that's the NFL comeback player of the year when it comes to fantasy purposes. But I think, you know, you can sort of relate the fantasy award to the real life award as well, possibly. I mean, we'll mm. see about that, mm. but just, I don't, what do you, you don't. Okay. Well, no. we'll see how it all plays out here, but Tad, who do you like to be the fantasy comeback player of the year in 2023? Well, here's why I don't, because this player had over 100 targets this year, or this past year, I should say. Uh, he had, he did have just barely over a thousand yards, 
but I still think he did not meet expectations. And that is because this guy was drafted as the most hyped rookie in last year's uh, fantasy football draft season. And this is why I don't like taking rookies in fantasy football drafts because you just don't know the situation they're stepping into, especially because usually the most hyped ones step into bad team situations. And that is what screwed this player. And that is Chris Lave. I know people are going to scream at me like, I know, I know. For our listening audience, the murderers looking at me like, what the hell yeah, is wrong I with I really you? don't get this one. I'm very curious to see what your argument is here. Amur, guess, guess where he finished. Guess where he finished last year in terms of wide receivers. Uh, in terms of wide receivers, I think I want to say top 25. Barely. Barely? Okay, so was he at Barely. like 24? 23. Oh, 23. Okay. <laughs> so that's my point, though, is because some leagues were drafting him as high as the second and third round, expecting him to explode and be the next, you know, Marquise Colson or next. Uh, this isn't really a great comparison, but like kind of I, I feel like people were expecting him to be a mix of Marquise Colson. Right. Bless you. Thank no, you. you're good. I think that's the first time you've ever seen this on the show. And I think it like, is. I've, In three years, I've, we've been doing this. No, that's probably, impressive because yeah, I've done it at yeah. least three times. Oh, 100%, um, yeah. <laughs> But I think people were expecting uh, Chris Olave to be a, a weird mix of Marquise Colson and Traquan Smith. And he was kind of that. But here's the set that really killed his fantasy production. He only caught four touchdowns last year. And so, yeah. while again, wide receiver 23 is not like terrible. Not like, oh my God, is he a bust? I'm not calling him a bust by any means. But he is not. People did not draft him to be the 23rd best receiver in fantasy football. That is where people draft in like the sixth and seventh round. So if you got him there, great value, but most people didn't. He was gone by that time in most drafts last year. So I think now he bounces back when he is now going to go in the sixth or seventh round because the carousel at the quarterback is done. Now in new Orleans, you have Derek Carr who clearly, I mean, I know some people are like Derek Carr sucks, blah, 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 whatever. I'm not going to argue that, but, Derek Carr made Hunter Renfro, who apparently is now almost on the cutting block, apparently. Yeah, that one surprises um, me. That one surprises me. I, I, that's just so typical Raiders. I'm just like, you have a solid player. If they do cut him, and whichever just... team signs him, they just absolutely got themselves a bargain basement deal there. Like, he's going to be a difference maker. So, you I understand maybe it's the concussion things that he had last year, so that's what kept him out all of last season for the most part, but... I don't know. I, I find that very surprising. Nope, I'm right there with it. You better get him in Indianapolis. That's all I'm saying. But <laughs> Ooh, that'd be that'd be a good. That, right? Nice right? It's a good fit. Give him uh get like dependable, like short yard receiver. Especially as Josh Downs is a cl- acclimating. That's the word I was looking mm-hmm. for to the NFL. Hunter Ruffer's a good guy to learn from. Ooh, that'd be dirty. Oh, see, dirty. I'm telling you, it's not bad. It's not bad. See, but uh, see, but then your your whole front office just doesn't scream to me that they'll make that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know why? Because they're more worried about the goddamn whales. I know that's what I'm saying. So it's like as much as I Jim, love Jim the idea of Hunter Renfro with the Colts, it's not going to happen because of yeah. your front office. Jim Irsay wants a free fucking oh, Willie. Oh my gosh, he makes a winning football team. Oh. I'm sorry, Ted. I, I really hate am. I hate them. <laughs> I hate them so goddamn much. Anyway, going back to the Raiders, somehow a better run franchise, somehow. Um, yeah, that, that's surprising. So I think that, you know, I I really believe that um, – sorry, I forgot who I was talking about for a second. Uh, Chris Olave. Yeah, that's why I was like, why are you going back to the Raiders? You're no, back I, to the you, no, 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 sorry. That's why I got confused. 
So how many times have we talked about on this episode, uh, on the show about how many Raiders are potential waiver wire targets? How many Raiders yeah, receivers? Because Derek Carr think. tends to make these like deep threats look a lot better than they are. So, okay, Derek Carr, is he an elite quarterback? No. But I think Derek Carr knows how to make the most out of a receiver-specific skill set, and that's what he can do with Chris Olave. And let's not forget that, well, I mean, this probably is going to age like milk, but uh, Michael Thomas is apparently coming back. <laughs> we'll see. Well, Well, yeah, no, we'll see how that goes. But if Michael Thomas can stay healthy, that takes more attention away from Chris Olave. So I think with the addition of Derek Carr, that increases Olave's value a lot more in my book to the point where, how about this for hot take, it would not shock me if Olave finished as a top eight fantasy receiver. Wow. Okay. That's, that's pretty extreme. That's extreme. I'm going with it. I'm sticking with it. (laughs) All right. All Play, right, that's playing my fat uh, flag in that field. All right, that that's fair. You stick to your guns, my friend. But yeah, it, it's hard for me to sort of clarify him as or, or sorry to apply him for this specific award because I'm curious to know like which leagues you were in that he was going in the third round because most of the leagues that I saw, really? most of the okay. eight that I was seeing, he was going in that sixth or seventh round range. So I was like, that sort of made a lot more sense to me. So him finishing at wide receiver 23, like that's like you All said, right. that's but, good but even, even with that said though, he was being once again, maybe this just is it, the same thing with Bijan Robinson. And this is part of my trust issues with Bijan Robinson is every year there's that one rookie. Everyone's like, this guy is going to kill it. He's going to be great. And it was Alave last year, and he finished outside the top 20 in his position. That's fair, but you also have to look at the wide receiver position that it's a lot deeper. So the fact that he finished at 23 compared to everybody that he's playing with, too, like that's still saying something. So I don't know. For me, it's hard for me to justify him as comeback player of the year. But, yeah, if you're saying he's going to finish top eight, then okay, 100%, I guess he could qualify for this award. But, yeah, that's that's very, very – yeah, that's uh, we're gonna have to lock that one down as far as what a Tad's sort of bold predictions, because yeah, believe I me, we it. we have a bunch of those. I already said mine with Jalen Hurts, uh, but yeah, that's okay. All right, we'll see how that all plays out. We'll see how that all plays out here. Um, I'm gonna get to my guy, Tad. I think you know he's one of my favorite guys, obviously here. Um, he unfortunately okay. Suffered whoa, an injury. Wait, wait, sorry, real yeah. quick, real quick. Yeah. All right, so a Pro Football Network article in Pro Football Network's 2022 fantasy football redraft rankings lave currently is ranked as a wide receiver number 65 with an adp of 165 that just for 2022 right yeah so that doesn't shit. help your shirt yeah, i just realized oh, that. that's Damn. worse than what Damn. i was saying <laughs> Whoa, wait, 165 hold on redraft ranking. in a 10 man league that's round 16 there's no way 120th overall. Okay, maybe this was a bad pick. Cooper Cup. <laughs> so let's talk about Cooper Cup real quick. Cooper Cup is still one of the top no, no, receivers no, no. Yeah, in this year's league. Like, I just moving got on. We're moving on here. It's what happens <laughs> like, when you do notes night of. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I'm going to get to my pick here, Tad. Cooper Cup is one fan. backup pick. Yeah, that's fine. I'll give you that one. That's a layup one for sure. Um, But I'm going to go to I one of my it. guys. I was a huge fan of his last year. I was a huge fan of his coming out of the draft. Fortunately, he suffered an injury last year. He tore his ACL and his LCL in his right knee, so he just couldn't finish out the entire season. But from everything that I'm hearing, he is coming back strong in this year's preseason. He's not going to miss any time. And that's Javante Williams, the running back with the Denver Broncos. You want to talk about layup. No, no, no. I'm not shaking my head because you're wrong. This is a great pick. 
I thought you'd shake your head because of my love affair with Javante Williams. Well, that's also part of the reason. That's also part of the reason. Don't get me wrong okay. on that. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, you want to talk about a goddamn layup. No shit, Sherlock. But anyway, keep on going. Well, hey, I'm going through the layup line with Javante Williams. You decided to, I don't know, throw up a half-court shot with well, Crystal me for trying Not to even the headlines. Shot. That's like outside That's, the arena, like Steph I, Curry range. I am looking at these articles. This, this might have been a bad pick. I will, for the first time ever, <laughs> live on the show, I will admit this, this might have been wrong. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, so... Like I mentioned, he suffered a terrible D injury, kept him out majority of the season last year. But when he was on the field, he looked very effective with the ball in his hands. He was very dynamic as a runner. He was definitely used in the passing game as well. So now there's a lot of reports coming out that with that injury they suffered last year, was he going to be able to come back strong heading into 2023? Was he going to miss any time to start the season? Throw out all those reports because, I mean, all through training camp, he has been looking strong. He's been looking like he hasn't lost a step. He is going to be ready to go by week one. So all that talk of a lot of people say that, oh, Sabaje Pirine, he is going to be a sleeper being the starting running back in Denver. You can throw that out the window, too, because Javante Williams is going to come back with the force. He is going to be a dynamic piece of this offense. You look at what Sean Payton has done. Tad, you sort of associate Sean Payton with sort of having these prolific passing attacks, obviously with Drew Brees at the center of that, and then all the receivers that you mentioned before with Marcus Colston, Traquan Smith, Jimmy Graham, obviously, in his prime. Um, but he's also been able to establish good runners in his offenses, too, because, I mean, Tad, a Rattle off a few names here for you. A little blast from the past. We got Pierre Thomas. He was an effective runner in this offense. Chris Ivory. He was an effective runner in this offense. That's so, a, that is a great throwback <laughs> name right there. <laughs> uh, even before that, in his first year as head coach, he had Deuce McAllister. He was able to still get something out of him during his sort of like twilight of his career. And then obviously we got more recent names in Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. So now you got a guy, Javante Williams, who can sort of fit that mold of being that dual threat ability that can sort of fit this offense that Sean Payton is going to be running in Denver. I think he's going to be a very solid piece. And I think he's going to come back with a vengeance in 2023 and definitely be a really strong piece of your fantasy roster. Sorry, I was trying to justify my love. I take all right, fine. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will admit the ADP was lower. I guess the guy in my league that was all right. And this is a word I've been teaching my students. That's purely anecdotal on my there part. On my there part is the guy yep. in my league way overdrafted him. There you go. Like I think way, that's exactly that's what I said. I was like, I'm not sure which leagues you were playing in, but then yeah, that's exactly what happened. Bad Somebody ones. overdrafted him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my, my bottom line point being is I think that, so looking at his ADP this year though, is he still being drafted as a wide receiver too? And I'm telling you, he has the potential to put a wide receiver one numbers here. Okay. I a hundred percent, I'm aboard with that, but just, yeah, come back player of the year. Come back player. That's come back player. <laughs> you go from two to one, come back player, baby. It's moving on up in the ladder. I don't think so. I don't it's think like, so. It's like, it's like right. CFO to CEO. All right. Fair, fair. Come, come um, back. Let's get to come a more back. interesting You go, you go from here, millionaire Ted. to billionaire. Let's get to a more interesting award here, Ted, because this would go in a multitude of directions. And this is your 2023 waiver wire player of the year. So this who's a guy tough. that's probably not going to be drafted, but he's a guy that a lot of people are going to be targeting off the waiver wire after week two, after week three, maybe even later in the season two. But he's going to be an absolute find on the waiver wire and absolutely make you a contender because of the production that he's going to bring to you. So, yeah, who's that guy for you heading into 2023? So unlike uh... – you know, unlike Chris Lave, I actually have recent ADP numbers on this guy. Good. Uh, yeah. 
good. Thank, thank you. You actually clarified this one with me before we started, so I was like, yeah, yeah. this is a good pick. So yeah. <laughs> not as questionable. So this is a guy that Rams fans will be very familiar with, partially because they've been very frustrated with him. But I think this is finally the year where yeah. he's kind of going to live up to expectations, and that is Van Jefferson. Now, what's been interesting, actually, is Van Jefferson has been moving up kind of from like the 190 ADP range to like the 170s. But even with that said, it's like that's, you know, very limited sample base. And look, I can't attest to the article I read, which was from Yahoo. That may be just happening on Yahoo. Like I don't know the sample size they're using. So like that, that data is not exactly dependable. Bottom line is. If you're in a 10-man league, that is borderline draftable at best. If you're in an eight-man league, that is undraftable. He is not in there. If you're in a 12-man league, he'll probably be taken, but definitely in the last couple rounds. And like, I think even it's a lot that's, riskier in a 12-man league. I don't think he's getting drafted in a 12-man league. It's a flyer. Exactly. So we'll we'll see. So my point being though is I, I understand why, because he has not quite lived up to expectations with Los Angeles quite yet. But you look at the situation going on here is I think people, including kind of us, to be honest, the more I think about it, the the closer the season gets, I think we're being a little too rough on this Rams offense. Could be. I really do. Because if you think about it, so Cooper Cup went down in week 10 of last year. Matt Stafford, from the get-go, I remember people worrying about that elbow injury from the preseason. So, okay, so Stafford was injured. Uh, was injured pretty much the entire season. And I know people are going to go, well, he's still old fair, but notice how we haven't heard any reports like that coming out this year. Very true. Very true. Cooper cups back. And from all reports, good to go. Okay. Uh, Alan Robertson is gone. I'm never going to stop making that joke. It's such yeah. a bad joke, but I'm never going to stop doing that. And yeah. the best part is Al does not know that we make that joke. So that is my favorite part of that. But anyway, uh, for those of you who are wondering, go back and watch our 22, uh, 2022 NFL draft live stream with Alfred Rowe. 2022, uh, so this is two years ago, people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still making the joke. But uh, Robinson's gone. Unless Tutu Atwell steps up, which I will fully admit is fully possible. I don't think it's going to happen. I wasn't that big of a fan of Atwell during the draft process. I still yeah. don't. Yeah, like I don't think he's going to be that guy. Van Jefferson is all of a sudden the number two passing attack and under the, uh, you know, head coaching scheme of arguably the best passing game in the league or the best passing coach in the league. If that makes sense of like the coach who's put together the best passing scheme. There we go in the league. Cause Sean McVay's back because he keeps demanding a raise every year or else he's going to go broadcasting apparently. So McVay's back. Cups back to take some pressure off of Jefferson. Stafford's back, apparently healthy. Why shouldn't Jefferson do well? And now I don't think he'll do consistently well, but this is a guy that's going borderline undrafted that honestly could finish. And this is why I called him a bounce back player. If Van Jefferson finishes in wide receiver number 23, wouldn't surprise me all that much. Yeah, I, I like that pick for sure. Um, for me, just this is my opinion, I'm not a huge fan of Van Jefferson. I mean, just based on the track history, we just haven't seen it yet. And yeah, this is with a shot though. Of, this is I will say this is last shot. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think with this opportunity that he has, because there isn't a lot of like you know credibility at that wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Pretty much everybody behind Cooper Cup, there's not a lot of credibility there. So it's like, this is very much a key season for a lot of those players. So I know they signed 
Demarcus Robinson in the offseason. So there's a lot of talk about him having a good season. When does he brought up Van Jefferson. Well, it's the same thing with you can say with Van Jefferson. You got Ben Skaronic, who's sort of been drafted there. We haven't seen much from him either. Tutu Atwell, who you've already brought up before. Yeah. You just haven't seen a lot from him either. So it's like there's a lot of key sort of like seasons for a lot of these guys. And yeah, Van Jefferson sort of falls into that. That's like if he could finally step up, then yeah, he's definitely a waiver wire addition because yeah, they lack that secondary option in this office behind Cooper Cup. So I mean, yeah, I very much like this as a potential waiver wire addition. Could be that guy to claim this award. But yeah, for me, like I said, I'm just not buying the hype that Van Jefferson will ever realize that potential. And it just it worries me as, you know, a Rams fan that's like, who are they going to throw to outside of Cooper Cup? Maybe Tyler Higby, but then outside those two no, guys, it's like, no, do not fall for that trap. trap. Don't fall for the Higby trap again. Don't do it. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I'm but just like I said, I'm just worried about the, the other options yeah. outside of Cooper Cup. So, yeah, we'll see how that all plays out. But, yeah, a good option there. Way better than your Chris Olave take for sure. <laughs> um, so I'm going to stick to the wide receiver position. I'm going to go with a guy that's definitely not going to be drafted in a lot of leagues unless you're playing in a dynasty league, obviously. Then you probably draft this guy. Or if you're playing in a very, you know, deep league, obviously, Tad, go ahead and make the joke about a, you know, certain number of people in the league. If you'd like to as well. It was 14 uh, people. I know. I know. You Norman uh, Bates level psychopath. <laughs> Anyways. So you might as well kept my corpse league. in the attic. Once again, I'll say this every time. You didn't have to play. <laughs> I didn't know before I joined. It's like. I told the, you that the, they changed. And I was like, do you still want to play? And you said yes. You were offering an attic. <laughs> what they are addicted to. I literally accept it. I'm not even joking. I got a text today. Ted, would you like to join a league like this? Before I even click the link, I said yes. Yeah, I know. You're just degenerate. I guess I, I am. That. I am not yeah. denying that. Yeah. And you took so. advantage of me. Yeah, whatever it is. But anyways, in most standard leagues, this guy is probably not going to be getting drafted. And that is Justin Ross, the wide receiver with the Kansas City pick. Chiefs. That's so a good pick. So this is a guy that was sort of highly touted coming out of Clemson. Unfortunately, he was dealing with a spinal issue. So that prevented him from playing in his rookie year. He had to get surgery on that. But all of the offseason in training camps and rookie mini camps, like, I mean, this guy has been absolutely flashing his potential that we saw when he was playing at Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. Like, I mean, this is the guy that we're sort of seeing now on the field there. Patrick Mahomes has been looking his direction quite a bit, and he's sort of been showing us that potential that he had coming out of college. And so you look at sort of the receivers that they have. There's a lot of hype surrounding Kadarius Toady. I'm not buying the hype. There's a lot of hype surrounding Sky Moore. I'm not buying that mm-hmm. hype either. They bit. obviously have uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is still on the team. Nope. Like He's good, but he's not a consistent He may team. not even make the final roster. It's a possibility. He very much could be a final c- candidate as they trim down to 56. But 53. I very much like what I'm seeing out of Justin Ross. I think he's just showing a lot of skill sets that I think the Chiefs could use in this offense. Because, I mean, we talked about this, that Ted, Travis Kelsey had 150 targets or something along those lines, right? From last season. So it's 153? like 153 shit. Now you even I forgot. <laughs> it was, an, it was an hour ago, anything, people. Right? I've gone it's through a lot. Of it's an insane amount for the tight end position. And that sort of speaks to the fact that it's like, they don't have anybody else dependable outside of him. Now, if you get a guy like 
Justin Ross. Hopefully we may see Rasheed Rice could emerge later, but I think Rasheed Rice may need a little bit more development there. Justin Ross, I think, has been showing it now. I think he could emerge as sort of that wide receiver one in this offense. I think he brings a good level of speed as well as route running, as well as that 50-50 ball. Like, he's very dynamic, like high-pointing the ball, catching that. I've seen a lot of that in training camp as well. So, once again, he's not going to be drafted. You sort of need to wait to see if they're going to involve him early in the offense or whether all of that was a smoke screen during the offseason and he's really just the, just not going to perform for them. But I very much think just everything that I'm seeing in training camp, that's going to translate to the field. And he may be a waiver wire addition, maybe a week four, week five, as soon as he starts getting more involved in the offense, that he could possibly be a huge difference maker for your fantasy circles and your fantasy roster. Yeah, I mean, ever since day two of the draft, what, uh, four or five months ago, I've been talking to Rasheed Rice of, like, this is the dude. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm a huge fan of Rasheed Rice, too. I, I am, too. I think eventually he could step into that role, but I'm not yep. going to lie. Is I Over the past couple of weeks, I've been hearing more and more hype over Justin Ross. I was, yep. I'm, I'm going to be totally honest. I was like, fuck, I kind of forgot about him. And I was just like, a lot of people I, did. yeah, a lot of people no. Did. And that's what makes him a good uh, waiver wire pick is because, and like you said, like it's all about the, or like I said, it's, it's all about the, like the prolonged training camp hype, right? Is like, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. the hype dies in, you know, July and, you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone, but I'm sure if I did like just five minutes of research, I could find someone, but like, there's always a live, like this rookie's killing it. And all of a sudden you don't hear anything about them throughout August. Uh, Justin Ross, not that he's a rookie, is one of those younger players where the hype was kind he's of He's pretty building. much a rookie. If this was like pretty NBA terms, he's a rookie this year. I, I still say. Or MLB. Or MLB. I still say, by the way, this is one of my hottest sport takes. Blake Griffin never should have been rookie of the year. I agree with that one too. Oh, wow. Look at that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. That was, that was absolute bullshit. Either. That was such. Yeah. Anyway. But, um. Yeah, so Justin Ross is one of those guys where, like, that that sustained hype. And then it was funny because this actually hit me a couple days ago where it was my lunch break at school. I'm on my phone scrolling on X, Twitter, whatever the hell it is now. Um, and Justin Ross oh, – God. X is going to give it to you. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and, no, Justin Ross, I think this is kind of what you were you know referencing earlier, made this insane jumping corner catch in the end zone. I was like – Oh, he's good. Yeah. And that's that's the moment I was like, maybe Rasheed Rice won't do so well this year. You know, maybe I called that a little too early. So, no, Justin Ross is a, a fantastic pick for that. God, can you just imagine if the Chiefs are lucky into Justin Ross and Rasheed Rice? Just like, Dude, Justin Ross, Rasheed you Rice. You just want to and, quote Jesse from Breaking Bad here if you want to. They can't keep you on It's just like – just, but on top it. of that, on top of that, he did show some promises. So imagine this: Ross, Rice, and Moore all end up working out. Yeah, we'll see on Moore. I mean, we're, I'm curious. To see. I, I barely have heard his I, name in the offseason. I, I don't, so. I don't like him as a fantasy option right now. Yeah, but as a long-term like prospect that could eventually develop into someone, I'm not calling it yet. Possibly, possibly, we'll see how it all works. Also, out. Um, now you want to hear a real nightmare scenario? Mm. What if Hilaire finally gets his shit together? God. 
This is, I think this is his last year in Kansas City. Like, he's played the last year of his rookie deal. It was funny, actually, in in our sleeper league, I almost drafted him, and I clicked on the description just to be like, am I overrating him? And the last sentence was, we'll see if it makes the final roster. I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely overrating him. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't don't think Paul into that one. Just, man, that didn't work out. I think a lot of people pegged him to work out. And just in that offense and the skill set they brought from LSU, just very surprising that it just didn't pan out. So I think I took Damian Harris over him. Yeah, that seems very likely. Yes, <laughs> very bad. better choice. All right, Ted, let's close this out with our MVP of the fantasy season, our last award. I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on this one. I think it's pretty clearly evident as far as why we have these players picked as our fantasy MVP. So, Ted, I will pass it to you here first. Who do you think will be the 2023 fantasy football MVP? Amara, how many years have we been doing the podcast now? Three? Uh, a little over three years, yeah. A little over three years? Okay. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of good episodes. A lot of good episodes. We 100% episodes have. Had a 100% have. Ton of fun doing. But my all-time favorite episode was when Christian McCaffrey was traded 30 minutes before we were supposed to be done recording. <laughs> that that was, was a wild episode. That was it a was episode. 11 o'clock on a goddamn Thursday. And I had to go to school the next day. But I was like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to have fun with this. And we broke it down. And you were so excited. And as you should have been. And here's yeah. my favorite part is so, and actually I learned this cause I get, this is how like, you know, memory kind of messes with you is my first memory. I was like, Chris McCaffrey's first game as a Niner was his triple threat game. That actually wasn't. That was his second game. That was the second game. That was his first second game. That was his first start. Was that what it was? Okay. All right. That's what it was. I was thinking of. Yeah. But anyway, you go back and look at what Chris McCaffrey's fantasy season was with the 49ers is I think, and this is why I think he's going to be MVP is because it's actually, I'll be totally honest, a little bit more disappointing than I think the hype that he got was because it was very inconsistent. He scored quite a few sub 10 point games while he was a 49er. But on the flip side of that coin, I will say this. Let's play your favorite game. One last time this episode, over (laughs) under, I'll make it easy on you. Over under one and a half 20 point games he had with the Carolina Panthers last season. Before with he was the traded. Carolina Panthers? Before he was traded. Uh, before he was traded. I'm going to say one and a half. So I'm going to say. I think he got two. So I'm going to say over. That's why I love this game. You're so bad God, at it. Damn it. It was only one, wasn't it? It was zero? Yep. <laughs> Zilch. He, he got close. He had like an 18-point game, but that was it. Now, how many games? We'll play it one more time. Two and a half. Over 20 points. Tw- Let me clarify. 20 points or over games with the 49ers. Two and a half. Two and a half? I think he got two. So I'm going to say under. God, you're so bad at this. <laughs> it was over. He had okay. four. Four. Okay. 20-plus point games with a four. I should have known. I had him on my fancy roster. I, don't I was about to say, I thought you did. <laughs> Including, by the way, two games. One, he definitely had 30 points. The other, it, again, it depends on your scoring format. He was either just under or just over 30 points. So I'm not going to definitively say that. Bottom line being, if he was with the 49ers the entire season, which, yeah. by the way, he only had three total touchdowns with the Niners by the time he, uh, or with the Niners, excuse me, with the Panthers, by the time he was traded, he ended up the season with eight total touchdowns, or eight rushing touchdowns, and I believe three receiving touchdowns. So, meaning, could you imagine that stat line spread across the entire season? 
And let's not forget too, you guys were bit by the injury bug. Yep. So this was an extremely inconsistent offense, especially on that offensive line. So if I look, the injury bug does not fall well, unless it's the 49ers secondary, but usually on the 49ers other side of the ball, uh, it does not follow you guys around. So I don't think the 49ers offense is going to be nearly as inconsistent as it was last year. And you were in you being Christian McCaffrey, you are the running back for one of the smartest. And what I would argue probably is the best coach in the NFL right now. And that's a great segment. Cause I would actually argue Shanahan better coach than Bill Belichick. Ryan Dyrude would have a lot to say about that one because this has come up in our Slack channel quite a bit. He is not a How fan is it? of Kyle Shanahan. Is that one of the, the arguments coach. I've just checked out on and you're like, are you checking it? I'm like, no. Probably, probably. Yeah. But yeah, this has been a conversation many times as far as like whether Kyle Shanahan is a top five coach. And a lot of people are very much against that. A lot of people are for it. It's yeah, but yeah, 100%. I don't know how you want to slice it. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league, and 100% if the Niners decide to ever fire him, he would have a job within five <clears> minutes. Like, that's the biggest thing. That's just like, you can't move on from this guy because there's nobody that's going to be better than him. That's the that's the hardest thing that I've seen. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan is the second best coach in 49ers history. Wow. Okay, that's saying something. That's saying something. How about that? Interesting. Bottom line being is that Chris McCaffrey, I think with a full season in the system, in this offense, with an offense that finally knows like what they're doing instead of being like, let's just patch this together and hopefully it works. And I think that's a big reason why they trade for McCaffrey is because that was like the only hope of keeping that offense alive, uh, alive. This guy, I think is going to absolutely explode and be like what basically Derrick Henry was with his receiving numbers, his rushing numbers. I don't see him finishing anywhere outside the top three in terms of fantasy running backs. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah, I'm very much a big proponent that this was actually one of my picks before I decided to go in a different direction here. But yeah, when you made this pick, I was like, yeah, this is 100%. I can argue this. I can very much see this happening. I can see him replicating the 2019 season where everybody was all aboard yep. him in 2020. That unfortunately, I he got well. hurt. And then people were sort of like, okay, is he injury prone now? A lot of people are scared off now of Christian McCaffrey. But I 100% he could capitalize and sort of, sorry, recapture what he did in 2019 pre-injuries and sort of be that type of running back again in San Francisco. Like, I mean, just Kyle Shanahan is creative. He's got the dual third. He's in his prime, too. He's only 27. Like, people don't realize that either. So there's a lot. Because well, he's been in the league since he's been, like, what, 20, 21? I think so, yeah. yeah. He was one of the younger running backs when he was drafted, or one of the youngest, younger players when he was drafted, for sure. So, yeah, I am so excited for a full season on Christian McCaffrey, believe me. But... I'm also pretty excited for this guy. I think he's definitely going to take another leap here. Um, I already brought him up. I think he's going to finish as the QB one, and that is Jalen Hurts. I really think just he's going to take what he did last year and just sort of recapitalize on that. But while he may finish as QB one, this guy I think is going to be the fantasy MVP, and that is Justin Herbert. He's the guy we've been talking about yeah. all season long yeah, with Kellen Moore sort of coming into the offense and sort of taking it to another level, unlocking some of the good stuff that we've already seen with Justin Herbert, but just take it to another level. Like I said, it's just Justin Herbert has already finished second in 2021 as far as being a fantasy quarterback, and he's threw for over 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns that year. I think he could replicate those numbers, if not exceed it, as far as the passing touchdowns are concerned. So very much he'll be in that conversation of being one of those top three fantasy quarterbacks. Unfortunately, I like Jalen Hurts because of the rushing ability. He'll probably finish at QB1, but Justin Herbert, I think, will slot in right behind him. I think he's going to finish as QB2 again here in 2023 because he's got the weapons around him. He's got the 
offensive coordinator rather that's going to be aggressive as well. It just, yeah, he's just, he's going to take you to another level, not just a fantasy MVP uh, conversation, but real NFL MVP conversation as well. Well, and like what you say, he's going to take it to another level, right? Cause that's part of the MVP like story is exactly. people are doubting Justin Herbert. A lot yeah. of people are like, is he the real deal? Is he the guy? Especially unfortunately because of that collapse in the playoff game last mm-hmm. year. A lot of people are like, okay, a lot of people are saying that's on Brandon Staley, but then it's like a lot of it's like, well, Justin Herbert should have commanded this offense better. So it's like a lot of it's on him too. Obviously a lot of the blame goes to the head coach and the quarterback. So I a hundred percent agree with you. There's a lot of doubt on Justin Herbert. So if he comes in with Kellen Moore, he absolutely kills it. All of that's going to get thrown out the window. Exactly. So I think that is a great pick, especially because, like you said, like he's not going to step up in terms of fantasy terms of like, oh, like he's jumping from QB 16 to QB 1. No. That's not going to happen. But in terms of like I am here to stay and I'm yep. here to stay with this team, mm-hmm. that is – I absolutely agree with you. I think that is a statement he's going to make, and there are two words why. Are you ready? Let's hear it. Quinn Johnson. <laughs> like I said, he's got a good number of weapons around him. So I 100% agree Quentin Johnson is in that conversation as far as being one of those weapons. So him and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, Gerald Everett. I mean, just you can list them on and on and on there. They're going to be a Dude, lot even of Even Josh games. Kelly. I borderline drafted. Kelly, I, was, yeah. I was this close to drafting Josh Kelly earlier today. Josh Kelly and another Josh. Josh Palmer, I think, is going to be good in this offense. Ah, I forgot about Josh Palmer. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of good pieces in the offense. They're all going to benefit. Justin Herbert's going to be leading that offense. Like I said, fantasy MVP, I think, in the conversation for real-life MVP as well in 2023. So, Ted, a lot of great talk as far as award predictions. A lot of great fantasy talk as well. this has been our longest episode in about a year. No, we've we've gone this long before. In recent history, too. Like, recently, too. Yeah, yeah. But hey, it's it's hard to stop when you're talking about some fantasy football in particular. And of course, we're giving a lot of great information for all of our listeners and all of our viewers out there to help them win their leagues. That's the biggest thing. Even though we're talking about awards, there's a lot of great conversation that was had as far as how you can approach your fantasy drafts and addressing players and adjusting your rankings accordingly as well. And the best way you can make sure you're interacting with us and figuring out all the stuff as far as your waiver wires are concerned, your trades, your drafts. I mean, just anything and everything. I mean, we guys, we told you about this. We did this in our FAQ episode. Hit us up with your questions, however specific it is, and make sure you interact with us on all our social media handles. You got us down below. The ticker's coming right across. You got us on Twitter. I'm the side 23. Tad the side 94. The show handle at the side guys. And of course, on Instagram at the side guys as well. Hit us up. We'll help you with all your question needs when it comes to fantasy football. We want to help you win titles every single league that you're playing in. We're definitely going to give you advice to help you win them. Subscribe or listen to your podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can listen right on the LAP Network website as well. Subscribe, always be up to date with podcasts. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe where uh, subscribe to YouTube so you're always up to date with our YouTube videos. And make sure you're supporting our parent network, LAP Network. Without them, there would be no us. So subscribe to their YouTube channels, social medias, podcasts, what have you. They got you covered on the NFL level with the Rams and the Chargers and on the college level with the Trojans and the Bruins. But guys, I mean, make sure you check out the website as well. Lots of great content from us as well as from them. Uh, all our fancy articles that we've been doing. We're going to continue that through the season as well with waiver wire stuff and starts and stuff and DFS stuff and lots of fancy content. So make sure you read the web articles as well. So guys, everybody who's already doing that, who's supporting us in any way that you can, we seriously just can't thank you enough. And as per usual, I'm just going to piggyback exactly what off, uh, what emerges said. And, and as per usual, not doing very well, but <laughs> 
God, it's late. So, you do it in your own style. It's thank good you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I, I know. Look, I know the feeling. As you could tell with me being like, oh, shit, Alave is not a sleeper. I know the panic <laughs> feeling of like, oh, my God, I'm going to my fantasy draft. I don't know what to do. And like Amir said, we are here to help you when that panic feeling you know, hits. So do not panic. Hit us up. We are literally, well, I don't know about we, but I am literally joining something called the goddamn Vampire League. I play way too much fantasy football. This yeah. is my obsession. I spend way too much time on this. So if you need even just the most simple advice, if you need even just like, oh, what were so-and-so stats last year? I can probably find them faster than you can. Okay, I am used to this. I can help you with anything you need when it comes to fantasy football, and American too. So if sure. I'm not available, because I'll admit it, I'm not great at checking social media, especially while I'm at work. So school school year's back in session, guys. Sorry. But if you need any of our help, we are experienced at this. We know what we're doing. This is our third year now doing this, as we said. Yep. Use our help. We are here to get you that trophy, except for if your name is Alro. So Thank you so much, everyone, as always, for listening. Thank you so much for your support in the preseason, during the draft season. And thank you so much for your support in the upcoming season. And you know what? Let's go win some titles, baby. Stay safe, everyone. 